Mindset Podcast. We are your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. What is up, everyone? Wanted to get back to basics and do a debrief episode. Haven't done one of these in a bit. And uh, these are some of my favorite ones to do. Uh, and, you know, maybe I'll do some more. I don't know. I like these. So let's get right into it on uh, some stuff that I found. Um, let's look at this one. So this might be a little thread that we go down here. So I see Mike. Um, he is a YouTuber, <laughs> sort of a realistic self-defense or a self-defense or boxing, kickboxing coach um, out of out of South Carolina, actually. He's a pretty big deal uh, online. And I followed him for a while, and I love everything that he has. Like, I, I really dig most of his um, things. But, you know, Mike has... A thing where he will say things that make you react on the internet and it's very smart marketing on his part uh, i appreciate him for that this one in particular i don't really know how to feel about it and, and it made me think and so i thought i would dig into it a little bit on the debrief here and just see where it takes me his post here on instagram just keep showing up is one of the more despicable lies that combat sports coaches tell their clients you know, th there's not a lot of context here, but we'll try to dig into some of his posts. Uh, you know, BJJ and boxing coaches are probably the worst offenders here. Traditional martial arts, martial arts have a well-documented history of myths, lies, and bullshit. Not going to deny that. MMA and modern combat sports have their fair share. Um, I don't know what that's related to, but he's saying like the systems don't require great teachers and coaches. Um, whatever there, but I really want to get into this aspect. What he's talking about just keeps showing up in his response to that, to, uh, you know, coaches and, and studio owners looking their students in the eye and saying, just keep showing up. Uh, you're a liar. Just say, I don't know. I don't know how I got better. I know that I kept showing up. I know that I got better. I don't really have much more to go on. Nobody ever really explained it to me, or maybe they did, and I didn't understand. That is a good explanation of what he is meaning here. But the just keep showing up, I, I have to say, I don't know how despicable despicable it is. You know, I, I think it's painting it a little too more negative. Because there is an aspect of, you know, needing to continue. You you need to work through lots of things, you know. You're not going to be perfect on day one, especially in a martial art. It's going to take time. And I, you know, I have my own students, and I know that they will tend to disappear for a little while, and they'll come back. And, and it's like a lot of times we have to start over, you know, on a, not completely, but, you know, where they left versus when they come back after a, after a bit, they're, they're, you know, below. So it prolongs things. Um, so let's look at some of the comments that people put in here. 
uh, from from Eli Knight uh, here. A black belt is a white belt who never quit is in this vein and one of the most insulting statements perpetuated in martial arts. I, I'm, I'd like to talk to him to find out about that. Um, you should advance in rank for just showing up. You shouldn't advance in rank for just showing up. It's insulting for people who bust their ass and work hard to be rewarded. Something they just could rewarded with if they had shown up and done the bare minimum. Black belt shouldn't be participation trophies. That, that's what I wanted to get into. Um, he's right. You shouldn't be awarded your black belt just by showing up. That's not good. Um, that is insulting. I don't know that that's really what that means necessarily. Um, I look at it and I tell people, you know, don't quit and stuff like that. Just keep showing up because I know that they need to continue their training. Training never ends. You know, I think that's part of the maybe the the culture that these guys are railing against is that there's this culture of like, you know, a system that you work yourself through that you have to pay for levels. You know, there's a lot of black belts in the world that just it's just the biggest check you'll ever write and you pay for it and you're going to get it no matter what. Um, and that's not cool either. I think that's kind of where they're going with this. Um, anyway, that one just made me. Maybe kind of go this, down this rabbit hole. It's what kicked it off. So thanks, Mike. Go hard, or this is from Off the Zone. And they have some good stuff about um, working through trauma and training and stuff like that. It's it's a pretty decent account to follow if you're, if you're interested. Go hard or go home. No pain, no game. It's not for everyone. Are just excuses of martial arts coaches that don't take responsibility for students quitting due to unsafe gym environments. Now, that is a world that we don't need this go hard or go home, no pain, no game. I get it. Um, if you're training some sort of, you know, jujitsu or boxing, or whatever, and you're in the scenario where you're just getting rocked all the time, you, you aren't, I mean, maybe you'll get better. Maybe you'll get hurt. Uh, that is definitely an unsafe environment in a, in a good coach, a good instructor is going to keep you safe. You know, you, you've got to look for that too. Um, and there's lots of things in here, like this top comment. Let's see. It won't stay. But it's one person. What to do if your gym will make you pay two months total to break the yearly membership? Well, break it. Um, There was me saying, yes, it's a good idea. Y you know, if we're all grownups, you know, if, if you go to a gym and they have high pressure sales in that, you know, you get like, there, there's a system and, and we ran it in a gym that I used to work at too. There's a system where you try one class and then, you know, they're all over you to get you to sign up, you know, for a, for a hefty premium or whatever. Um, and there, and it's like a, a locked in contract and stuff. And from a business perspective, that makes sense. You know, they are running a business. It makes sense. You can't just have transient people in there all the time, you know, coming and going as they please not paying their bills and stuff. But on the other hand, you know, if it is a type of gym where, you know, safety needs to be a concern, if you are, uh, you know, going hard, I guess you could say in a self-defense scenario or, you know, a jujitsu gym, it is full contact, you know, uh, you need to make sure you're safe. You need to, you need time and, and you need to tell them that. And if you don't feel comfortable, you know, be a big, big boy, 
or a big girl, don't sign the contract. Don't go there. Try another one. If you know, you do have to, you don't want to be there and you have to get out of it. Well, get out of it. It's a lot cheaper than staying there and paying and not going. Um, but yeah, something to look out for. Um, all right. I want to add this so we can listen. Um, let's see which one this is. Oh man, I don't know which one it is. Um, here we go. Let's get in here. Let me refresh it here. Your people say that the number one thing that you need to do in jiu-jitsu is to show up. And while that's kind of true, it's also not true, right? At least to me. Because like when I ask my students, I'll say, who here came in today because they wanted to be mediocre? Nobody raises their hand. And I don't think any of us want to be mediocre. We don't want to shoot for mediocrity. We want to be good, right? And if you're going to do that, you can't just show up. We've all probably worked with someone at our jobs where we, who they just showed up and it's terrible. They're the most useless employees ever, right? They're there doing something, but we don't want to work with them, right? When you're training and grappling, and really this goes to anything, don't just show up. Show up with intent. If you're going to get on the mats, what are you working on? What are you trying to improve? What do you want to get out of this training session? Be very focused and be intentional. All of my best students, all of the best grapplers I've ever came in contact with, they stepped on the mats and almost always, sometimes they didn't do this. Sometimes they just wanted to relax a little bit, but they almost always had something they were working on and they always had a goal that they wanted to extract from that particular training session. A lot of then you get the point there. Um, it, it's very important. Let's get the right window back in here. It is important to, you know, it is that you need to just, I mean, in my opinion, you do need to keep showing up. Right. But you don't need to just show up. I know there's, uh, you know, we'll probably look at some more here that talk about, you know, hey, getting it in at least is something. And that's true. I think there's a difference between uh, working out and training, which I do definitely have one of those. And we can get into that. But he's right. Uh, showing up, coming to training with intention is very important. And if it takes you, you know, come getting up, getting geared up to come once a week, that's your speed. You know, I, I think that a lot of times we don't talk about people's speed of, of how they approach their training. It's very important. And again, I'm talking about, you know, martial arts of some kind. I think everyone has a unique um, approach and a unique speed. You know, when I first started two days a week was about all I could, I could stand you know, my nervous system would just get wrecked um, outside of just physically being tired from, you know, an hour or two hours. And then, you know, as I progress, as I got closer to my black belt, I, you know, I could go every night for two or three hours. Uh, and it, it isn't it. It is a thing that you you have to work through and build up tolerance for. But Chewie's right. Here's another one. Why a short, uninspired, or mediocre workout is better than no workout. You're keeping the habit intact. You're not easily letting yourself skip workouts when your energy, time, or focus isn't ideal, which is going to be most days. All right. It depends how you are approaching your workout. So here's another one here. Um, I'll put it here. So I think these two go together from bar bend. 
the other one I just read was from Andrew, Coach Andrew Coates. I've been following him for a while too. He's he's a, a very thoughtful uh, person that talks about coaching. He's right. There's a mountain of value in maintaining your habit. Okay, you can easily uh, break yourself out of your habit. You know, uh, in a training environment, when it comes to your overall approach to fitness in life, it's very important. But there's a big from Barbin. There's a big difference between working out versus training, and sometimes it takes a lot of experience and accomplishing goals to learn that, to learn the difference. They're both right. And I think that that when you get a lot of people in the martial arts industry, particularly the self-defense industry, which is a, a subset of martial arts, everything is training, right? And the, especially the reality-based training stuff. Because they're, the way what they're training for, the stakes are so much higher, you know? self-defense in a real scenario there's it's not sport there's no rules it is life or death and that's the approach training for that scenario is unique in the martial arts world and it takes a approach that is very much unlike just working out you can still you can train jujitsu for that you know combat self-defense or whatever or you can train jujitsu for fitness and sport. I, I don't think they're the same thing. The same goes for kickboxing, you know, think same thing goes for boxing. The same thing goes for karate. Uh, that whole scenario changes based on what your approach is and what your mindset is, you know? So I think you have to know that going in as well. Another thing here on the my opinion of just keep showing up is this concept, the Dunning-Kruger effect. And th this is not necessarily an answer to this, um, but you see it a lot in, in the world of martial arts where maybe the person running the, the studio or, or the dojo or whatever is pretty competent in their martial art or their whatever they're doing or, or and or they're not very good at the business aspect of it maybe they're really good at the business aspect of it but they're kind of a beginner in the world of of uh, instruction and teaching i will say that i've been training martial arts for a very long time over a decade and i did it as a youngster as well and also i've been running my own gym working in a in a gym running my own gym uh, and now teaching my own students for yeah, man, five years at least. Um, and so, you know, I don't know everything. There's still a long way to go. I would say I'm still new at it. But the Dunning-Kruger effect is interesting if you look at yourself and you want to have some uh, self-awareness here. And, and, and it's, you know, described by this curve here, right? The confidence curve versus competence. So uh, early on, you know, competence can also maybe be time, but early on, you know, you think you know a lot if you're at the peak of Mount Stupid, um, where you can say really dumb things or do really dumb things with your, with your students or whatever. And then after a while, and I, and I feel like I've kind of gone through this, but after a while you hit this valley of despair, right? Where you're like, 
what am I doing? You know, this has got to get better or whatever. And I feel like I'm personally kind of right out of the valley of despair and coming up a little bit in my own personal journey. But then you kind of have this, these epiphanies and you start to really understand human nature and training and stuff like that. And the difference between working out and training, you get to this level of sustainability, both for you and your students. And I, you know, that's, that's, you know, people have been doing this for a long time, right? So it's this hypothetical cognitive bias uh, wave, you know, and think about yourself, think about where you are in your journey. You know, I think a lot of times if we want to take the black belt analogy and whatever martial arts you want to apply, you know, that black belt is kind of the valley of despair, kind of on that upward, upward slope to enlightenment, right? When you get that thing, you, you've been working a long time, you know, you've earned something big or, or you should have. And, you know, you get those early belts are, or early on in the process, you think, you know, a lot, you know, and, uh, <laughs> when you actually get to that point where you've been training a long time, you realize that there's really a lot I don't know. And you realize how important the basics are, right? So that's right there, that almost being enlightened, in my humble opinion. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I want to get to this one next. Let me, um, let me pull this one in here. Uh see where we are healthy buffalo yeah so i want to share this one um here we go today's a follow-up she's great by the way video. how do you deal with the suedo teachers you are partnered to drill with well i don't have the answer that is going to make it all smooth over that's the nature of the beauty shebang ego is involved when one is instructing and they're not the instructor i can tell you how i handle it and i can tell you the common response if I'm drilling and I haven't asked any questions from my partner and they start teaching, I usually say something very bluntly along the lines of don't teach. The response to that is usually a quick head and neck retraction, kind of like that, followed by one of those, I think you're overreacting eyebrow raise. But I just continue the drill. I don't explain. I keep going. I would say more often than not, their pride is likely bruised a bit. So if you want it smoother, acting as if nothing is wrong usually helps. Throwing out comedic relief, etc., those sorts of things. I would say in the moment they are thinking I'm probably a bit of a bitch, which to be honest is a them problem. <laughs> I'm not the one instructing a class I paid to be a student in. Yeah. But usually by the end of the day. Here we go. I think that's enough of that. Um, she's great, by the way. I'm talking to her about getting on the podcast at some point. So maybe you're watching this. If you really, I'm looking forward to talking to you. Um, really great insight on, you know, what it's like for, uh, you know, women in, in martial arts classes and stuff. Um, yeah, that's really worth our time. So, you know, talking back about this Dunning-Kruger <laughs> effect, peak of Mount Stupid, one of the one of the things, and it's a pet peeve of mine too, I agree with you, being on the peak of Mount Stupid. We've all had it, I, and I'm guilty of it too, which really kind of stings and makes me feel validated, uh, is this idea that, you know, you're training and you begin to, uh instruct instead of learn you're not the instructor <laughs> she's right on why don't you just be in the class you know <sighs> she's right if if the instructor introduces you as a helper or an assistant instructor well there you go then you have some some rain to 
you know, pursue that and to help others along the way. But if you are just another student in class, don't, don't, you know, when you're trying to recover or whatever, don't use that as a time to teach. Don't use, don't use you telling someone something as a moment to, you know, for you to not get your butt kicked or whatever it is. Um, yeah, especially when it's a dude doing that to a, to a lady, I don't know. Um, it seems extra, it seems extra insulting in my opinion. And I've seen it. And I usually, as an instructor, I will usually pull a person aside and, and say like, Hey, you know, you're, you're not teaching. You need to focus on you and you need to get better. And when it's time for you to teach, I will, I will tell you and I will tell everyone else that, you know, you're, you're a helper today. I've had to do that to some people. And um, it usually makes everyone feel good and, and including that person, because I think sometimes there's some people too, there's like an alpha dog thing. And you know, the alpha dog doesn't want to be the alpha, right? Uh, they, they do that because they think it's what they need to do. But then when they, when, when they get it, it's like they, they're freaked out because, you know, ah, I'm the alpha and I don't really know what to do. I think there can be an aspect of that too. Anyway, great points. And I'm glad, I'm glad you make content because it really helps. All right, here is another one. Uh, I want to get into these next. Um, yeah, this thing. And then I've got another one from. There's no. In the last Did you yeah. hear that Jocko Willink quote? Oh, which, which one? Um, Reese, and it's just you talk about seals. You talk about a really famous seal guy who's a jujitsu stud and whatever. Yeah. It's talking about self-defense. People are talking about, I want, I want a box for self-defense. He's like, why do you need the box for self-defense? If no one's grabbing you, just leave. He's like, the only self-defense you need to know is jujitsu because you now have your hands on me and you're preventing me from going somewhere. And that, that's, that's interesting. Here is another one that just came from um, the Jocko podcast with uh dave castro which was man i i tell you i've been a fan of dave castro for a long time I've done crossfit for a very long time and i've always been a fan of his was upset when you know crossfit let him go and he's he's back with crossfit he's not doing the game stuff uh i, I forget who it is it, it was like the chief um i forget the guy's name it doesn't matter but castro's back with crossfit and and jocko and castro uh, I think I think he kind of helped some some deals come through for Jocko with uh, you know all the Jocko fuel stuff and everything and that's cool. But here they are talking about the same very See this about striking because you you brought it up in general or fighting I should say. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a big believer that if I were to start someone from scratch now at this point to prepare for um, physical combat, I think striking is a good start to keep people away. Um, and then actually before jujitsu, I think learning judo and the skills of judo, trying to get people off and keep them away with prior to going to the ground actually creates a well-rounded, um, capable fighter. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I heard some. It's funny. He's asking Jocko and uh, Echo. They're both uh, jujitsu black belts. And Jocko's a well-known uh Black quote recently and i actually covered on the podcast i can't remember exactly what it was but it was something along the lines of if i have two hours to prepare you yep we're not even gonna talk about grappling yeah if i have two weeks to prepare you i'm gonna start to address it if i have two years to prepare you that's where i'm gonna start okay right so 
he, you know, again, he's, I don't, we'll see. I don't know that he necessarily answers it. <laughs> um, I don't actually disagree with Dave. Um, I think his, I think what he just said is probably smart. Uh, and Jocko very, uh, very smartly, wisely talks about how and, and the what of, a pro, of someone approaching the concept. Okay. Because it does take a lot longer to yeah. learn. Yeah. And, um, you know, I always recommend if you're going to commit to something and you're going to train, you should start with jujitsu. The reason is because if you're, if we're in a striking combat, if we're in a fight and you boxed and I didn't, I can run away from you. Yeah. If you want to kick me and you're a <laughs> kickboxer, I can run away from you. I don't have to actually fight you until you grab a hold of me. Yeah. And then my kicking doesn't work. My punching doesn't work. What mm -hmm. works is grappling. What mm -hmm. works is jujitsu. And if you wrestled and I didn't wrestle, you're going to take me down. Like to this day, yeah. like I didn't wrestle in high school. Yep. If somebody wrestled in high school, they're going to take me down. Yep. That's what's going to happen. Like you, they spent four years, yeah. Yeah. Right. you know, it's three like hours. The swimming the, thing. Yeah. It's kind of like the swimming thing. Yep. So they're going to get the takedown. So what I have to get good at is I have to get good at jujitsu. I have to get good at from a self-defense perspective, getting back up off the ground, getting away from them, breaking contact. So that's what that that's how I would answer that question. Uh, judo is great. Judo is great. The throws in judo are great. The, they rely on the, the the takedowns in wrestling comprehensively are more reliable. There you but go. if it's pure self-defense and you know a good yeah, judo throw, man, that's really good. People, you're dealing with somebody that's got clothes on. You can grab a hold of their clothes. I think you get it. They kind of, you know, go a little bit more, but it's, you know, it is what it is. You can, you can find that and get in there. Um, yeah. So the, the answer is based on how much time you have to get ready. You know, if it's a simple self-defense class, two or three hours, you know, you've, you've got to cover basics with someone. I don't really think that's what that question is, though. I think the question isn't about, because uh, because Jocko's, this has been brought up a lot on the internet, and that's why I brought the other, I don't even know what the other thing was. I don't really think the question is about that. I don't think it's about like, how would you prepare someone? I think the question is, if you were starting from scratch with someone that you were training, like as a teacher, as a mentor to a mentee or whatever, what would you do? You know, Jocko's answer is to start jujitsu. I, I can't disagree with that, but I think striking definitely has a strong place. Uh, if not, uh, you should start very early with striking. I think striking is very important and uh you know there's no striking in jujitsu now if you if you have trained mixed martial arts before um i have uh, both of my 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 boys have um and we train it in my gym for those that are interested and if you know some jujitsu you will see right away there are certain aspects of jujitsu that you you know you are opening yourself up to uh, getting hit in you know, it's, it's going to happen. Uh, there are no, there's no, I mean, in, you know, sport jujitsu, modern jujitsu, whatever, there's no striking. Um, I've seen systems where there's some striking and defense against striking and stuff like that in more of a, like Gracie combatives sort of approach. But like, you know, generally speaking, the jujitsu gyms that I have come up through, uh, there, there's no striking um, unless they have like a mixed martial arts program. And that's where they cover the striking in some, you know, traditional, uh, techniques in striking like you would get from a karate, taekwondo, muay thai, 
they're going to be beneficial. And, and I think, I think, uh, Dave Castro is right. I think he's right. I'm not saying Jock is wrong. He's not wrong either. Uh, they're both, they're both right. Uh, it's just a different approach, I think. And I, you know, I've been wanting to get that off my chest. Um, let's see. That is probably it. Uh, I want to cover this very last one from Mark Manson. Love this guy. I love all his stuff. He's the, he wrote the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck or whatever. And, and he's kind of gotten away from some of the stuff he's done in the past and he produces a newsletter. So you should sign up for that. This one in particular uh, has given me a new tool. Um, and when I say tools, I mean, there are things that I've learned from the internet, which is the point of this whole debrief exercise. One was, uh, I, don't, I don't remember who said it, but to run things through a filter of, does this need to be said right now? Does it need to be said right now by me? Or, or it, whatever, there's like three levels, I forget them, but just those two. This is that last one. Does this, does, does this need to be said? Does this need to be said right now? And does this need to be said right now by me? Like if it, you know, things that you're going to tell other people are going to fall into those scenarios. You know, and if they don't pass the test, maybe you should just shut up. Um, that's been a great tool for me personally, I think. This one was, this one is a really good one. Uh, we invent threats to give ourselves a sense of purpose. We imagine obstacles to create a sense of meaning. We start conflicts with others in order to feel necessary. But this is the tool in his first little post here. Take a moment. Consider this. Are your problems real? Man, and this one moved me like, I've actually asked people this when I've gone to them for some advice recently since uh, Mark Manson posted this. And I've said like, is this problem actually real? Like, or am I just reacting to something that isn't, hasn't happened or won't potentially happen? Or am I just reading into the situation? I mean, I think he's right. I think we do that. I think we do create threats. We create things to worry about. Uh, we create obstacles that we have to overcome, right? Uh, so that when we do the thing, it seems bigger. We we create these little narratives for ourselves, and, and then we live in those those worlds and stuff. Um, and, and I I think he's right, and I think we have to think about things through this filter of is it real, you know? And if you still want to play in that world of, you know, it's not real or whatever, and you're playing in there, that's called drama, and and maybe you like that. I don't know, but for me, I want to. Uh, become aware of that and not be in that world. I don't, I don't like it. I want to be very straightforward and simple. And, you know, I, I, it's actually made me double down on some, on the other side of it too, which is like, yeah, this is real. This person's doing this. Should not let them get away with it. We need to call them out on it. We need to, this does need to be said right now by me to this person. And uh, it's really, I think those are two good tools to put together. Uh, anyway, so, man, thank you for that post. That that was good. That, that helped change some stuff in my brain. So that's it. That's what I have for you. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, this is not sort of a typical uh, type of conversation. You know, maybe you didn't get anything of if you don't necessarily train um, martial arts of any kind on your own, but maybe you do. I don't know. As always, thank you for listening. I appreciate your time. Let someone know about the show. 
Uh, hopefully it helps them. If it helped you, um, it helps me to just to do it. So I don't even care if anybody watches it. It just makes me feel good to get some things off my chest. So thank you for tuning in. Until next time.